What up all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 135 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I caught up with Magenta LaRusso. You might remember her from episode 43 when we were in Nicaragua and interviewed her about her lifestyle design down in Nicaragua. Well, times have changed for Magenta. She is now on a new path designing her life as a stand-up comedian. Super rad lady doing some really inspirational things and just living like the Misfits and Rejects do out there, just constantly trying to design that life in the way she wants, moving, shaking, adjusting to lifestyle situations situations that aren't always what she hoped for, but she's making the best of it. And I thought I'd bring her back on to give us a little update on how she's doing. So if you're a first time listener, please pull out your phone and hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on. It would mean the world to me if you would rate this five stars as well after this episode is over. Maybe even commenting really helps me out in the ratings on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening to this on. I'd really appreciate it. And if you'd like to see Magenta do a little bit of stand-up, I've put a link in the bio where you can click to see her do a little bit of stand-up on a video and uh, get a feel for her act and how she is on stage and what her comedy is all about. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Magenta LaRusso. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit. In America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today we have a very special guest on board. You might remember her from episode 43 of Misfits and Rejects. It's Magenta LaRusso. She's also the individual who designed the Misfits and Rejects logo. She's been a huge part of Misfits and Rejects for a long time. And I'm super excited to welcome her back. So Magenta, welcome to the show. Thanks, man, so much. Oh, well, this is kind of a really cool moment because Magenta is actually live on the scene at the Red Bar in Miami where she just finished a live comedy show. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yeah. So it's been a fun spot. And, um, you know, the like the comedy scene in Miami was like kind of tough, like to like as a stranger, as a new kid on the block, like moving in here. And, um, and now, I don't know, like it's kind of rad just like, now I'm a part of the set list. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Like the- can you can you kind of bring our audience up to speed really quick just because, you know, last time the audience heard from you, which, which is over a year and a half ago, almost two years now, um, you were designing your life in Nicaragua as a photographer, you know, as a travel photographer. And, I mean, Misfits and Rejects is about lifestyle design, people who – you know, make choices about how they really want to live their life and design it. And we know that you're passionate about photography or you were like, what, what happened? I mean, why are you now in Miami doing comedy? Like what up? What happened? Oh my God. So much, so much has changed. I guess. So a lot of things happened in Nicaragua that kind of went south and, um, it just no longer became like healthy, I guess for me at the time, you know, like John's boat sank. Um, there was a lot of like government problems as you know, as well. Cause you told me about this one cab situation on the way home. That was super gnarly. Right. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. Yeah. Just like things change as and they do. You adjust. 
as you do. And yeah, you made some decisions. I mean, what, what, so yeah, what did you decide? Like where, where'd you go and what'd you do? How'd you adjust? I pretty much got tired of being broke. You know, like I, like I think the last episode I was telling you, like how much I was making at a taco stand. And I was like listening to the episode that you interviewed me in before. And I like, I just couldn't believe how much I was making and like surviving on like on two bucks an hour, like minimal tips. And, um, it just got exhausting, you know, but I still wanted to travel and like do fun stuff. And, um, I guess I went home to Charleston, South Carolina and I got offered a job in Nantucket and, um, which to be honest, I wasn't really too stoked on, (laughs) but I learned a lot as far as like food goes. And, um, it was a cool Island and um, it was a good experience, I guess, for the most part. But I did dabble in comedy for that little bit when I was in Charleston. And it, like, struck, like, something inside of me that I didn't think existed. <laughs> I knew I always loved comedy, but I didn't think it would be such an impact on me, you know? I mean, but, that's that's something I'd really like to talk about because... That sounds like a tremendously profound moment to have like that bug that bites many people when they travel or when they do come across something that they're like, this is what I want to do forever. Like Johnny, Johnny FD talked about that in a few episodes ago about, you know, going um, scuba diving for the first time and realizing that was all he ever wanted to do for the rest of his life. Like, is that the kind of moment that you had where you're just like comedy is where I belong, you know, writing jokes on stage, trying to make people laugh? Well, so it was kind of, it was kind of profound. Like, you know, my dad always loved comedy and I always loved comedy, but for, for some reason I was in Charleston after Nicaragua before I went to Nantucket and I met, I saw an open mic show in Charleston, my hometown. And these guys were hilarious. And I saw like, I don't know that it was like available. It was like, you could just, anybody could do it. All right, cool. And this guy comes up to me, he's like, well, shit, man, you're, like, kind of funny. Like, why aren't you trying it out? And I was like, uh, I don't know. What should I do? And he's like, I don't know. Just go up there and, like, tell a story. And I told a story, and I got a couple of laughs. And then I got hooked. It was like, I don't know, it was, like, the best drug I've ever done because it wasn't addicting and it was free. (laughs) That's a beautiful way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you did have a bit of a, what, maybe like a curiosity with comedy prior to actually getting up on stage. I know the time that we we spent together, like you were always intrigued with like the comics on yeah, Netflix. Was, and you, you just always, that was your thing. Like you're always watching Netflix comedy specials and like you really kind of, you write your own stuff. You you were like, you just studied the craft before you even actually participated. And is that about, Yeah, is like that about knowing right? the different styles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had Steve O. Jocelyn on a few times. He's a comic in Asia right now trying to make a name for himself. And he really talked about the craft of, you know, constructing a bit, you know, getting up there and really taking the audience through a certain sort of process that is going to lead to a laugh. I mean, and can you talk about that with me to the audience and like kind of describe what your process is and how you develop your jokes? I guess my process was like just practicing I mean, I mean, like, it's kind of crazy how I started out in Charleston, like I said, like, 
I started out just telling a story and I got a couple of laughs and then I got addicted to it, you know, and then, oh, there's an open mic on Monday. There's an open mic on Tuesday. And that was it in Charleston, you know, and I did as much as I could. I started writing jokes, like starting having like a process. And I got super cocky in the beginning because I got laughs right away off the, off the rip as an, as a newbie. But then I started bombing <laughs> like, Oh, just like the, the feeling of bombing in front of people after like really just putting your heart and soul in front of people. It's just like, it's a new level of depression, <laughs> but then like still like wanting to do it after and like knowing that, like, you're not even a comic unless you bomb a lot, like, a lot, a lot in front of people. And, like, keeping at it, like, especially after you bomb, like, you go up again the next night, and then you bomb again, and then you go up again, and then you start getting good at it, and you get advice from, like, to be honest, like, the comedian, like, social aspect, these people are amazing, like, especially here in Miami. I've I've never felt like more where I belong <laughs> in the comic scene. It's been really nice. That's beautiful. Can you tell the audience actually how you came to be in Miami? Cause I know that's a, a point that nobody really gets right now. So I guess after, like I said, I went to Nantucket and I worked in a, a fish market, which was super gnarly. And then after that, I made the money I could after that summer and then my brother calls me and he was super into the yachting game. And he was like, man, I think you'd be super into it. It's good money. You know, like we're good at this stuff. You can travel. And, um, it seemed appealing to me. So I took my SCCW and it cost about what 500 bucks. I had the money from Nantucket to the course. And I really wasn't even thinking about comedy at this moment, but, um, I stayed with my friend Stephanie after this course and uh, she was helping me get a job and super supportive friend of mine. And sure enough, I get a job on Yacht Happy Hour. Greatest crew of my life. Had so much fucking fun. And then I realized like in my spare time, I wanted like a life outside of this boat, you know? So by myself, I'd ride my bike I figured out where an open mic was here and there. I'm like, don't know anybody here. Like, I'm like, not only don't know anybody, but I'm the only white lady doing comedy here. There's like white lady jokes all day. And I'm like, yeah, I do stand up comedy trying to get in. And they let me in on spot on the open mic. And I bombed miserably. (laughs) It's like so bad. And then bombed again. And bombed again and then started getting good. You know, it's like I said, it just takes practice and it just is starting to open up a whole scene of family here. You know, like I'm starting to get crud because I show up and they recognize me and I don't know. It's been quite the journey. It's, Even tonight. It's so cool. Yeah, I want to I want to touch upon tonight in just a second, but first I want to go into just a few of the the key things you just kind of talked about which I think the audience really needs to hear and highlight like, you know, you are 
a single female traveling to Nantucket to Miami, you got your your license to become a uh, what is it a stewardess on these super yachts. Um, you got a job, you hustled like that business is super gnarly. Like we had Lisa Grimm on the episode um, a few years back and she talked about being in the industry and like, it takes its toll, you know? And like, how has that all kind of helped you get to where you are today? Cause it sounds like you're just a tremendously like outgoing independent woman who just like takes charge and responsibility and like get shit done. You know, it's kind of funny, like, because I feel like my brother and I like, I forget who it was. It was like Justin or somebody that was like, Oh man, you're just going to follow your brother everywhere you go. And yeah, maybe sometimes I do, but it was definitely my brother that brought me here after Nantucket. Cause I was pretty miserable in Nantucket and I felt like this, it was like the one place I traveled to that I didn't really feel like I fit in again, you know, like, People just didn't get me. I don't know. And I needed something. I wanted to see my brother. And I wanted to be in an industry where I could still travel and maybe make money. Which Nantucket made me money, but, like, I wasn't happy. And Florida is literally the last place on earth that I ever thought that I'd be happy in. (laughs) But this place is amazing. Like, there's water everywhere and... Everyone speaks Spanish. It doesn't even feel like I live in America. And I think that's why I'm relating to it so much. And I do love my job. Like, working on a yacht is kind of, you know, bittersweet. I work my ass off, but it's, it pays out. Because, yeah, you get like, like, like $1,000 tips all the time, right? Well, not all the time. But a I'll lot. get like a $200 tip or like a $1,000 tip depends on what kind of slut rich person is on the boat <laughs> which we've had some pretty interesting characters yeah dude uh, we have had a few conversations about it and it sounds like just such a unique perspective on the way that life style is for those types of people um you know but going back to the comedy thing because i think that's really what this episode's about is you finding your passion and you know and talking about not really ever finding where you fit in but really coming to this place in miami where you never would have expected to find this niche and this subculture of people you know like you're at the red bar you just had a set well how'd it go what was it like tell me tell us about it it felt great it actually felt really good um so the the red bar has always been, oh man, I've bombed so many times here. <laughs> it's so funny. Like the trigger for me is like a bright light in my face and like being comfortable in Charleston, like doing the same venues all the time and like just being comfortable. But then like coming to Miami as like a new female, white female, which is pretty gnarly. Like you hear a lot of white lady jokes all night. And then here I am, blonde curly hair. Like, uh, here I am, just trying to make people like you or even relatable. And um, winning over the crowd. And like tonight felt like, I don't know, just being able to like talk to an audience and like relate to them and like bounce back and forth. It feels so freaking good. It is like a drug. It's insane. That's and, awesome. Um, 
Hey, can you? Yeah. I, I really would like the audience because we talked pre-show. I mean, your life has changed quite a bit now that you've kind of found your rhythm in Miami. You know, you have a, are like a prominent member of the comedy scene in Miami. But like, I think describe to the audience like what that really means. Like, because you don't have a car, so like pre-show you're talking about no, like, I don't. you have to bike you ride your bicycle to all these like venues where you're doing a couple sets a night at different bars so you're riding your bike across town like and you are amongst like a scene of people who are are well-known comics in miami like what's that like how's it working no nah, you- yeah and on top of it they've been doing comedy they've been doing comedy together for the past like 10 years this is a tight-knit group and so Going back to riding my bicycle, like being the new kid, I would have to ride like, I don't know, like immediately eight miles, like two bridges over. And I'd show up super sweaty. <laughs> like, oh, I just like rode my bike here. Like, they're like, are, are you okay? Are you like sick? I'm like, no, man, I just rode my bike here. And um, like trying to remain sober for the open mic. Because here in Miami, like open mic, there's like a set list of like comics that are, are a rag here and they go first. And then the open mic starts later, which usually starts at like 11. So my, my challenge is always like, all right, don't be too sweaty and don't be like too drunk because you're so nervous. You don't want to like over drink, but normally I do and uh, don't suck. And then there's nobody left. So that's also a challenge as well. And then I had a couple of people like notice, I don't know, I guess a couple of my sets and they're like, all right, you got something. And I could see that you struggle because there's nobody left for open mic. And maybe you have something like try, let's give you like a spot, like where there's actually people involved in like wanting to hear comedy and like, let's see how you do. And I did all right. And then I did all right again, maybe bombed once or twice, but that's normal. That's like the part of the process. And um, I don't know. Yeah, now it's exciting because I feel like people are, I have people that believe in me and I have like solid comedian friends. I don't know. It's such a, it's such a nice group. It's a misfits and rejects group, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we were talking pre-show, and you've been invited actually to try out for uh, what Miami Improv or something like that. Is yeah, that yeah, that's a room of like 200 people, and it's pretty intimidating. But you know, it's a different kind of room. You know, like we always like do like these banks, you know, and it's a bar, like this one room, Taurus. I love it so much. And actually, that was the first bar that I did comedy in, in Miami. And I showed up so cocky. I was like, yeah, I'm a comic. Sign me up. And this is a a room where, like, comics go to cry, pretty much. Because, like, if you're not, like, there and making something happen in the room, they're going to talk over you, and you're going to be non-existent. And that's what happened my first time. But now it's my favorite room. Because, <laughs> like, now I'm used to it, you know? And um, so, so two questions before you go on. Have you ever puked before a show? Yes. Like, yeah, you were so absolutely. nervous you puked? Yeah, a couple of times. and Or shit, my brain's out. <laughs> like, I have this awful feeling every time. I think I called, I called you today. Like, 
I'm a total mess before, and that doesn't go away. And I, like, forget that it's supposed to be fun right up until I get on stage. And then, and I'm like, all right, I got this. And then it becomes fun. Then you're in the moment. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah. And then I'm, like, super high off of it. I'm like, I want to do it again. But right up until. Yeah. I just want to puke and die. Second question is, is how many times have you cried after a show? Because you bombed. Oh. Oh, so many times. <laughs> <laughs> like full, at least like full, ten. Full tears streaming down your face. Like life sucks. They hate tears. Me. Tears ten at least ten times. I think this sure. is something I really want to highlight because this is what I think is the most beautiful aspect about you, about misfits and rejects in general, which is like perseverance. You know, like that sounds so gnarly. That sounds like something that. A lot of people would just not do because of those two things that we just discussed, like puking and crying and shitting ourselves. But yet, yeah, and then cry. you still get up <laughs> every single for- night. You get up most nights a week after you work. You go out and you do stand up and you face those fears and you like over have overcome those two debilitating aspects of what you do. And that's just like so cool. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, imagine like literally puking and then going up and sucking in front of people that just like look at you and they like have this look in their face like I dare you to make me laugh and you still don't make them laugh and then you like cry yourself to sleep at night and then like go up the next night. (laughs) Oh my God. It's the most, it's the most horrific thing ever, but. But then, like, you know, like, two nights later, you, like, kill it, and then you kill it again, and you kill it again, and then, like, it just goes to show, like, don't freaking give up. I don't know. I agree. That's exactly what it says, and I think, you know, just pushing through those peaks and valleys and and coming to that place where, because, I mean, now, like you said, like, you you're consistently getting laughs. It's not like the, the early days of where you would literally just have crickets for, the like, the whole, like, set. You're, you're, yeah. you're somebody that they recognize that you can usually get a laugh. You have a set that you know is usually going to get people to laugh. Like, you got, I think you got to call Seinfeld, dude, and get on Comedian Cars getting coffee, dude. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Not even close. There's so many other guys around me. I'm surrounded by, like, just these amazing comics. Like, even tonight, tonight was really rad because there are a lot of female comics, too. And, like, that's kind of huge in Miami. Because I remember, like, coming up here and, like, not only being, like, the only white lady, but, like, the only female, too. And, like, all you hear is, like, white lady jokes and, like, just chick jokes, whatever. And then I go up there, like, hear a little white lady blonde with my great meat blonde curly hair. Like, how am I going to make these people laugh or even relate to me? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um... So did you do yeah, new... Like I said, did you do new stuff tonight or is it a, a canned material that you've already done before to be honest like i don't even remember what i did i just was i started out with like pretty standard like parents who were uh, on lsd they saw maybe magenta was the color they saw high on lsd kind of like normal jokes but i don't know and then like i said like i'm trying to relate to people and like talk to them and i think they have more fun when they're involved so that's kind of what i was going for so i didn't even videotape it <laughs> you didn't 
No, I didn't. That's cool. I do want the audience to be able to check you out. So we're going to um, put our heads together and pick your best video thus far, and we're going to put it up on the website so the audience can get a feel for you know cool. where you're at, what you're doing, and um, then they can come see you. Also, put some links up in the show notes on how to get a hold of you or come see you if anybody's in Miami and looking for a comedy, you know, comedy scene. Right. Well, definitely um, look up Miami Comedy um, Red Bar on Mondays, uh, Sweet Caroline Tuesdays, and Thursday night in Miami is the best night of the week, man. Taurus, Coconut Grove, my favorite spot ever. It's gnarly, but it's super fun. I'd like to... um dive a little bit more into just like where you're personally at and where you see this going. I mean, you're, you're what? 37 right now. Yeah. I you think know, so. a lot of people our age have established themselves with a career. They are making great money. They have the full picture, perfect life. Um, but yet you and I, and all the other people that I interview are still striving, um, trying to like, design that life in which they've always dreamed of or, or whatever. Um, where do you see this going? Like, what do you, are you going to keep doing the yachting thing? Like, are you going to try to give the comedy thing a go and try to get a Netflix special? Like give us some perspective on, on where you're at in your head. You know, what's kind of crazy is like listening to the podcast that we did before. Like I said, a certain thing, like I'm not giving up on this, this and that, but like life changes. And I'm just going to run with it. I don't know what's going to happen, but all I know is like right now I'm happy. I have a great job. I like being, I love being here and I love comedy right now. But like, to be honest, like I have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm totally comfortable with that. And culturally, like it's kind of insane because some people that I interact with on a regular basis, they're, they think I'm insane. Like I have a couple grand in the bank account and I'm willing to like take a week off work here and there and just survive, but like comfortably survive and like thrive as well. But like, I don't know what my life is going to take me. And I kind of like that. Let's that's cool. maybe like what you just said is cool. Can I just forever, elab- maybe not? Can I elaborate on that? Because it is, I think, such a unique way of living that I don't think a lot of people quite can really wrap their head around where it's like you had a very safe, secure job, more or less, where you're getting, like we described, two hundred to a thousand dollar tips on top of what you make monthly. And you yeah. you decide to quit <laughs> so you could get an Airbnb yeah. for the week and do comedy for the whole week. <laughs> But then, but then I got another job. For no, I know, I know. But like that, I got I think, paid more. That's the psychology of like I think misfits and rejects. Like they are willing yeah. to do what they want when they want and do what it takes to accomplish their goals and their dreams. Or, or like you said, like you don't know what's going to happen, but you love what you're doing, so you're going to do whatever it takes to like keep this going. And like that is so cool, dude. Like I'm so stoked for you. You sound so happy in such a good place. Even my brother, too. Like, I love this conversation with my brother. Like, I I really miss being around him. Like, I came here actually to be close to him. And he, like, did the yachting thing. It didn't work out for him. And now he's on his way to Alaska. (laughs) How random is that? He's like, I got X amount of money in the bank account. I feel comfortable with doing it. I have a job there. 
it may work out. It may not. I may end up in Nicaragua. I may end up in Hawaii. But either way, like, we're comfortable with it. And we're totally capable of making life work on a random basis. And... And on our Either terms, way, like, you know, on our happy. terms, like life does happen, yeah. of course, and things aren't always predictable. But, you know, like you just pointed out, like you're doing it on your terms in a lot of ways that is tremendously fulfilling for you, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. That's so rad. So when's your next gig? Tomorrow night? Tonight? Do you have another one? You going to a late night comedy club? No, tomorrow night, hopefully. I think I'm going to try and do two. Ariel's like, kind of my comedy guru he like helps me he like guides the way nice <laughs> that's rad amazing that's, that's yeah. cool so you plan on being in miami now for a while you really just start living in the moment really just going after this comedy thing making great money on the yachts but feel like miami's where you're going to probably be for the next few years or or what whatever i mean you don't know for sure yeah like i said i'm gonna do it until until it doesn't work but right now i feel very at home like i have a solid foundation here i'm happy it's beautiful the weather's amazing i have solid like people around me why would i change it if it works you know 100 percent. that's great dude we're so proud of you congratulations if you could give advice to one listener out there who a female for example who wants to get into the comedy scene what would you say to them just do it. I don't know. Tell your favorite story and, um, you know, don't worry about five minutes. You make somebody laugh, leave the stage right away. And then, you know, write. And I don't know, man, just give it your best. Fuck it. You only have one life to live. Might as well live it. True that. So next time we talk to you, we, uh, all expect you to have a Netflix special. So be ready for that. I'm on a YouTube special. I'll just be like YouTube you. <laughs> we all are looking forward to it and rooting for you, Magenta. Thank you so much for coming back on and, and giving us a heads up on where you're uh, at and what you're doing. We love you and miss you. Man, love misses and reject so much. Ciao. Awesome. Thank you so much, Magenta, for coming on and giving us an update on your lifestyle design. It's so rad that you're out there doing the comedy thing, really trying to make a go of it, staying committed, and again, just shaping your life in a new way. We heard from you in episode 43. You're in Nicaragua trying to make your life as a travel photographer. And like we all know, things change, times change, and you have to adjust. And then sometimes you find a new passion and you have to go after that as well. So hats off to you. Huge inspiration. We love you. Thank you for joining us. And for all you listeners out there, please, again, make sure you subscribe, comment, rate this episode five stars would mean the world to me. And remember, Misfits and Rejects is on Spotify. So if you want to share it with a friend, you can do it via Spotify as well. And I really hope you're enjoying all these episodes I bring to you. I think you all are so very beautiful. I hope they're inspiring you to think about your life situation and take steps into designing it in that way you've always dreamed of. And stay tuned because I have a lot of great episodes coming your way. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that 
maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.